Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information. From live in-game betting, props, and features, head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus to your first for your first deposit. Bet online when the game starts. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I'm your host, Travis Reed. Uh, today, uh, I have a special guest, somebody I recently met on on uh, Instagram, but a person that we, we missed each other by maybe, you know, a year or so in Estonia, because I was looking like, he playing on Colin Cromo. <laughs> you know, probably with my boy, Nate Fox, because I remember my boy, Nate, he played in college after I played in college. So, mm-hmm. but no, but, um, you know, real good person was really, I was really excited to get him on because he's, you know, like he, he's done what athletes usually don't do, which is write a book. And, you know, af- if you notice what athletes do, what they do is, uh, they write a, they talk a book and then somebody writes it for them. And if you notice, it's always, Scotty Pippen, but written by somebody uh-huh. else, you know? <laughs> so anybody who writes a book, I give them much props because writing a book is hard. Writing a paper is hard. So writing a book is even harder. <laughs> so one of the one of let them introduce yourself and then we'll get right into it. Travis, thank you so much for having me. My name is Kevin Owens. Uh played pro basketball for about 10 years, give or take, uh injuries and such. And uh, yeah, uh, the founder of and uh, you know the writer, the author of Overseas Famous. So I'm um, pleasure to be here. I'm psyched to, uh, to you know get into this. This is fun. No, no, definitely, man. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on, Kevin. Man, you know, like I said, I love I love interviewing athletes like yourself who has the the similar journeys like myself, Americans that go over there. We were discussing it obviously off the air earlier, like 
being an overseas player is basically just a series of one-year contracts. And really, in some teams, it could be, you know, unless you have equity in the country, uh, could be a game-to-game kind of thing, you know, to where, like, you come in, and if you come in, you're a big man like we were. Uh, if you come in getting six and eight, you know, in the beginning, you know, on a Thursday, they'll have you on a flight on a Saturday or Sunday, you know. So it was <laughs> – it's not what you think, folks. Like, I feel like as far as basketball going professional-wise, uh, being a professional basketball player is probably the hardest job as far as being a professional athlete. Uh, oh, yeah. Even, even with the NBA – uh, you know, they have the guaranteed contracts, uh, you know, where the money's going to come in if they get cut or not, or they get traded or not, or whatever the case is. Um, now, to get to that, obviously, it was, it's hard. But, like, once you get there, you know, even when we get there to, to overseas and we could be making five to 10000 it could be with the money. The team could be not wanting to pay you. Uh, it could be, you know what I'm saying? It could be a situation where they, they promise you 10 when we only got two. Or only uh-huh. got five, you know. I've seen that happen in my career, my first year, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, when Bogota, Colombia, I was promised eight. It was giving me five. But it was my first year, so I was like, F it, I'm going to just take the five, you know, for uh-huh. the next couple of months. Um, yeah. You and like I said, I – <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, like, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I want to start with your journey. But first, before we start – uh shout out to the believe network you know uh if you want to find find me you can find me at travis w reed on instagram on instagram and also facebook.com and if you're looking for merch you know i started the own little merch thing travis reed and athlete's journey rocking the shirt for you youtube people that you will see this and obviously people listening got that going too so <laughs> enough with the sponsor stuff <laughs> We're going to get back into you, Kevin. So how did your basketball journey start? Uh, it's crazy. I, I just tweeted something now because uh, someone talked about, you know, giving up on players too early and how AAU teams, there's like so many cuts and like there's youth sports is so intense right now and how, mm-hmm. how everyone's, you know, fighting to, to try to win, win games and like cutting people who have potential. Mm-hmm. I didn't start um, – I did not start a – varsity basketball game i didn't i didn't start in eighth grade i was like eighth man in eighth grade went to high school i didn't start a varsity basketball game until my senior year and uh at that time i was like a you know nominated to the mcdonald's all-american team so i felt like i I had to pay my dues and i had to kind of get a chip away but i learned so much during that time so that Mm -hmm. was kind of how my journey started mine wasn't you know that instant success mine was really grinding away but I learned so much about who I was I learned so much about what I can take and you know how tough you have to be so I think that was important um it was just a different journey than most people so I played a little AU it was AU was like not a huge thing back then but we Mm -hmm. played a little bit between my junior and senior year I definitely got a lot better uh because of it but you know it was it was crazy because then AU like college coaches weren't going like that like now you, you're only getting recruited with AAU. But back then, high school, we had a high school summer league in uh, my area. And there was, there was like 30-something Division One basketball players in this area, in that like South Jersey, Philadelphia area. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of talent. And we used to play these games. And everyone was there. Like uh, Dan Miller, who ended up going to Maryland, we played. And it was like, I think, you know, Cal Parry was still at 
UMass, but like John Cheney was there, Shashevsky was there, Gary Miller was there. It was like crazy. And you're just kind of looking around like, wow, we played them. And that kind of, I, that was like the beginning of the year. And I already kind of was getting some recognition, but that put me onto the college radar when I like went against Dan Miller and I dropped like 28 and he, you know, he dropped like 25. I remember it was just a battle. So that was kind of how it started, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, really going and grinding it out. It was just a different journey than I was not good until I'm not, I was still (laughs) growing in my body. I was like, I was six, two when I started high school. Um, and I grew to six, nine in like a year. So I just, oh, wow. was, yeah, I couldn't, I, I was like, couldn't even function. So it took me and it took me like into college to really start getting a grip on my body. So like, again, like I was, I, and I was young too. I graduated high school when I was 17. So like I was a young kid too. And I just took me a while to kind of get into the use, get used to it. But when I got it, I was cool. I was good. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I I imagine, look, you go from not even starting to McDonald's All-American, you know, your senior year. Like, that's a huge jump, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, as as for myself, I would say California, you know, AAU circuit was different, but huge. Yeah. Uh, You know, in my age bracket, it was, uh, you know, uh, Baron Davis, uh, Jason and Jaron Collins, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, they play in the NBA, uh, Jeff Chapange, uh, you know, uh, who else? Shea Cotton, obviously he was, the number. Yeah. He, was he was here. Everybody else was kind of like down here trying to catch him. <laughs> um, and that was him like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. He was the guy period, you know, sports illustrated, you know, when he was ninth grade, you don't see that, especially back then. Now it's yeah. different, but like he was in Sports Illustrated as a ninth grader. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, like I said, it was, you know, guys like that. And then obviously above us was, you know, Toby Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Johnson, Tremaine Folks, you know, uh, Charles O'Bannon, Ed O'Bannon, Tracy Murray, uh, Andre Miller. Uh, Keith, Keith Van Horn, Austin Crozier. <laughs> so, like, all this California talent <laughs> was, uh, you know, all in, like, this little funnel because it was basically two leagues. It was the Izzy Washington Slam and Jam League and then the ARC League. And so it was just all these – you only played in those leagues, you know, yeah. if you, you were any good. And so, uh, yeah, like – California was just that, that was that we were like a, a bottleneck <laughs> and all these guys yeah. was trying to get out of, out of the bottleneck of talent. <laughs> so, yeah, that's crazy. Just yeah. thinking about, I mean, like we had, we had some talent, but you know, we had a lot of division one, but like, I'm thinking, you know, there wasn't, there was like a few, like we had, you know, the, the, a few guys who kind of made it on. Like I know Rick uh, Brunson, Oh, Jalen yeah. Jalen Brunson's dad like I used to work out with him a lot I used to do a lot of stuff with him so we had like some of those fringe fringe guys mm-hmm. um, but it's crazy mm-hmm. like how how far it's come and I think you know like New Jersey kind of was we it was the AU I think was starting to come in New York I think California sent it to New York and it trickled down so by the time I was like in college everyone mm-hmm. was playing AU but that time I was like oh shit. no like, yeah no yeah. no of course of course of course of course you know, like for us, it was it was like you know it was little leagues. You know, like I said, I, when I when I first started, I was playing on my dad's team. My dad was my coach all the way up to about seventh grade. So you know, like an AU team, I played against two games. I remember 
my first game played AAU, I was 11. We played Shay's team. They, okay. were the, they were the national champions, you know, of <laughs> AAU. And we were like, national champions? You know, we're coming from the club. Like, you know, like we're coming from the city. <laughs> What do you mean that? That means they played all around the best teams in the, you know, in the USA and they won. Like, all right, whatever, you know? Uh-huh. So I remember a teammate of mine makes a pass. Shea steals the ball, comes down. This is 11. <laughs> boom! Dunk it. I mean, not like a rattle dunk, like easy, like boom, you know? Everybody's going crazy. You know, we just like, did he just, did he just dunk the basketball? <laughs> <laughs> like oh national champion now oh now, now, now i get it you know we was like oh okay well yeah okay we ended up losing about 50 you know so like oh. yeah yeah so yeah. i remember that game it was a, yeah that was a terrible game we was like we see there's levels of this exactly um, yeah and so like i remember same thing happened we played arc when they had jason and jaron collins uh-huh. uh so i ended up joining them Okay. You know, I, you know, playing AU with them for a couple of years. And so, yeah, like I said, like it was in order like, for us to get seen, you had to play with a guy with a name, you know? Yeah. You couldn't go without, a, you know, somebody who had some kind of name on your team. True. Yeah. It's very were true. You, were you interested in any of the sports growing up? So I played, it was crazy. So I was a really good swimmer too. Um, my mom was like a was a national championship swimmer. She oh, wow. sw- she swam in at Westchester. They won the national championship. She was mm. you know obviously a big part of that. So she taught. She had like this drive, and my dad played you know minor league baseball. So like I had these parents who were kind of like knew how to teach us how to be athletes and like hone in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I I was but I was so good at swimming at such a young age that like I almost gave up basketball like I was so good at it I was like getting you know going to join the junior olympics getting like pan am games things things like that were were coming coming to be so I quit basketball 7th grade and I like swam full time okay. and then it was like one of those things like this is before Michael Phelps and I, everything and I, I remember like swimming and then I went to a game at our high at like our middle school and like all the girls were there and like everyone was cheering and I'm like, what am I doing? I was like, I'm swimming, I'm swimming alone in a pool, like a dork. And like all the girls are chasing these dudes. I was like, I need to, you know, I need to try this. So I, I like was like, all right, let me get back into basketball. I, you know, started working at it. I was still swam, but then it just almost, I started really growing and I really took off with basketball and swimming mm-hmm. I didn't give as much time and effort. Like you got to swim, like you're swimming like every day, like thousands of laps. And I just didn't want to do that at a young age. So I just kind of like, was like, all right, I'm going to stick with basketball and I'm glad I did. But uh, it was like mainly swimming was like my big thing. I played baseball a little bit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I I could throw hard, but like I had no accuracy. So I was like, this isn't for me. Wild thing. Wild thing. (laughs) and i i I was like decent you know decent at it but i did again like i was every i was like doing so many things at a young age and like swimming so much that like i wasn't putting in time to get better at these things i'd be like playing wiffle ball and i could do that well but like when it came down to it i wasn't working on enough facets of the game and basketball really stuck out and that's when i really was like i think my sophomore year in high school 
Mm-hmm. I kind of said, like, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. And that's when I really started putting the effort. And I mean, sophomore year, junior year, and then my senior year, I like really took off. Okay. That's cool. They <laughs> said, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm a, I'm a dork it's, swimming. <laughs> what am I do? Like, there's girls everywhere. Like, that. I remember the big thing, like, after the basketball game, I remember I went to the party, and it was, mm-hmm. like, this, all the all the dudes in the basketball team, like, all the girls, like, this is, like, when you went into the closet, you know, like, 30 seconds in the closet. <laughs> I, I walk in there, I'm just, like, you know, this big time swimmer, no one cares. All they're all walking. I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, I think I'm I need to play basketball. I, like <laughs> half of my life has been decided by like trying to just get laid. So. <laughs> <laughs> like the story respect, of my life. Respect, yeah. man. Respect. <laughs> what would you say your most memorable moment in high school was? Um so we had we had like a big rob rival. It's crazy because I've you know two brothers uh a sister and me not one of us went to the same high school it's just like weird because my sister went my dad was a guidance counselor at one school so she went and followed him she's six or six years older than me so she went and followed him my brother went to this other school that was like a prep school and he went there and i hated it there i was like this place sucks so i didn't (laughs) want to go there so i just i went to the rival school and then um my younger brother was a good soccer player so he went to like the public school to play soccer so none of us went to the same school so when we were playing the team that was like my brother's team the biggest rival and he had already graduated he was in college at the time but like i remember going one of the craziest memories we were playing the south jersey championship i went up like caught the ball and like from far away like they had five division one guys and we had me and i went up caught it and like dunked on the entire team we went up by like 10 it was the third quarter and i just remember the place was so crowded like people couldn't even sit and it was a big place and i remember just running down the court and that was like that moment where i looked through the crowd and i was like holy shit like i can't believe these people are like going crazy like all my friends are like tackling each other just going crazy the place is erupting they're booing me like i was like that it was one of those mem- those things that I was like, this is the greatest. This is this is why you play. Like this is why you work so hard. And it was kind of like a an eye opening thing, which helped me through college because I remember looking through and just being like, this is why you do it. Like this is what mm-hmm. the accolades are. This is why you work so hard. This is why you went to all those camps and stuff like that. And it was just a a great moment. So I think that was my biggest high school moment. Uh, kind of coming coming to life we ended up losing the game by the way so no oh, okay <laughs> like I, I said like, five oh, division, all that all that five, hype <laughs> five division one guys i was like and then it's just i think we went up by 10 fourth quarter like they just i mean they're just so good they it was just driving kick and they had a guy buried like two threes and then it was just they were just it was nothing i could do i'm like trying my best and just <laughs> nothing i could do they were just a talented talented team no i respect 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 so <laughs> obviously you was a mcdonald's all-american right yeah i was uh, like a like a uh, whatever the nomination like yeah, whatever. i didn't okay. go to the game but i was oh, but you know, yeah. I got you. so uh, you had obviously a lot of college offers um yes. what was the college that you chose and why so i went to monmouth university mainly because um I didn't want to go. It's not like I was afraid. I just didn't want to go 
like cross country. I was, like I said, I was 17 when I graduated high school. Like I was a baby. I like still didn't, wasn't mature enough to handle. Um, I remember the first like place they called was USC in California, who was mm. like, you know, like the, it was Henry Bibby. And he was, that was the first call I got on the recruiting period when it started. He was the first one. He's like, we're flying. We want to fly you out. We want you out here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I hung up the phone, like terrified. Like, I don't want to go to California. And like, I, I'm terrified. Like I'm leaving my family. This is all I know. I was a baby. If I like could do it all over again, I would hundred percent go. But I went to Monmouth because it was close. It was like an hour and 15 minutes away. It gave me the space and it was an up and coming place. And I also said, like, I knew how hard it was to sit for all the, that time. So I was like, kids are like a thousand point scorers in high school. I'm like, great. I've, you know, I was only played my senior year. So when you look <laughs> through the things that came to Catholic, I'm not like a thousand point scorer or anything. Cause I only played really my senior year. Right. Um, so I wanted to go somewhere where I could really leave my mark. And I went to Monmouth. Because I said, I'll, I want to be a thousand point scorer. I want to be the top rebounder, the top guy blocking shots. I want to do this. And that's why I went. And that's what ended up happening. So I ended up, you know, scoring a thousand there. One of the top rebounders in school history. And that's what I wanted. I wanted the place where I go and I'm not just another name. Like, I'm not just another, like, oh, here it is. It's like when I walk in, not that like my ego needs that. Who knows? Maybe it does. But <laughs> well, no, you want to be, you want to be, yeah, I, I get it. Instead of just being another of another of another of exactly. another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to I be gonna, the man. Yeah, no, I respect, <laughs> respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what do you remember most about your first year in college? First year in college was just me developing. I never lifted weights before. I mean, I was like 195 pounds and I was like 6'10. So I was a skinny dude. I, like was still growing in my body. So I remember the, that was like the biggest eye opener. We used to lift like three or four days a week. And I remember just like not even knowing how to lift. Like the coach, the strike coach, like looking at me, like, are you kidding me? What are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> like, I was like, I have no idea. I've never done this before. So if that was a, that was one of those things I remember most about freshman year is just trying to like, figure out how to do these things like basketball. Oh, I could, I got that. Like when I walked on the court, I was good. It was all the off the court, like even studying, like I, you know, I, I was taught like, you know, school so important. Like I, I had the grades. I was like, always like, don't worry about, you know, school. I got basketball. I got, I can do both. It was that extra stuff. Just the things that I was not used to, like the stretching and the lifting and all these things that I wasn't, that I had to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. and that was so that was like my I remember going through and just like filling figuring out a routine going to breakfast then eating then uh or going to breakfast then lifting then eating after I lifted so I can put on weight I was like never did that before I just lived my life like a skinny dork <laughs> <laughs> now I, I respect that what would you what was the hardest thing uh from from college from high school like you know it's the biggest you know hardest I thing think uh Hardest, I think that was the, you know, the, obviously the talent was, was much, was much more. I think, you know, in high school, I was able to, you know, we played a very talented, talented kids, but like, you know, you didn't really have too many six ten or seven footer guys. And like, if you did, they were kind of skinny Yeah, and yeah, I would be able yeah. to like, you know, there, you just kind of be able to do things and I'd be able to mm -hmm. go around them and, mm -hmm. and score. Mm -hmm. Once I'm kind of playing against like a six ten guy who's jacked, I was like, <laughs> that was 
that's when I had to kind of reinvent. I was like, all right, so I had to just really be smart. And I think that's where I learned to just outsmart my opponents. I was just like, okay, I could go here, but the dude's going to just pick me up and throw me over here. So I might as well just like spin off them, go here, uh, like do a lot of fakes. So I used to watch, it was crazy. I used to watch uh, like these weird videos that I had when I, like the eighties and I used to watch them like things on Kevin McHale and things on Hakeem Olajuwon. And I just started watching those things and just seeing how he moved and seeing how they did this and like seeing how they got themselves open. And that's what I used in college. So I think that was like the, the, the craziest thing is like having to figure out how to go against a big, strong guy. Who's also my size. Cause you know, mm. you in high school, you sometimes you get those like six, three guys, six, four guys, but they're just football players. <laughs> And they're just out there like a big muscle. So I would yeah. just be able to like shoot over them or something like that because they just want to shove me around. But I could shoot over. I can do things over them like 6'10 and that muscle. I'm like, nope. No, I agree with you on that. That's what people will like ask me like as far as my game. I'll be like, oh, like a quick hook shot or whatever. So <laughs> they were like, nah, I was going against guys who were 6'11 six, six, who could jump out the gym. So yeah. I had to like kind of get them off balance. Like, oh. Throw it up fast, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say was your biggest uh, triumph in college was? Uh, we went to the NCAA tournament. Um, that was, I mean, my sophomore year, that first time, it was incredible. That's what I remember the most because uh, when I got there, we were we were 10 and, 10 and 14, I think. Uh, we The year before, we were 4 and 23. Uh, and then like five and 21 the year before that so it was there was like work to do so we kind of went 10 and 12 or 10 and 14 and i was like all right we're we're close like we're right there right and then the, we went to europe on a the, one of those european tours we did really well out there we really bonded we came back the next year and we uh ended up going to the ncaa tournament uh, and we played Duke, who was the number one seed, because obviously we're a 16 seed, we're a small conference. Mm -hmm. But that was one of the more surreal moments, just going against a, a team like Duke. You know, you got Shane, they won the national championship that year. It's like Battier, Jay uh, Williams, mm -hmm. Dunleavy. Like, so that was a really fun experience just to even <laughs> see. Like, I remember, I remember that was like the time when when I realized it the most, like you're playing against big, strong guys and they're in your conference and everyone in division one is obviously a tremendous athlete. But I remember going out to guard Dunleavy and he like, like gave me a, a hesitation step and pulled up and hit a three so quick that I was like, what the, fuck? like, what just happened? <laughs> it just like, it boggled my mind. And I was, I, that was when I, you're kind of like, wow, like this is why he's Duke. Like, this is what it is. And again, everything I've always took, like I've always taken, bits and pieces and been like, all right, take that and put it in your heart and like understand why, what he did to do that. Like what is, what, what was his work ethic? Like, so that's, that was like, that's like pretty much my journey. Like every time I got my ass kicked, I would say, why did you get your ass kicked? Like figure out how to make yourself better, like figure out why they did this and then try to improve on that. So I was always with an open mindset to be like, all right, he just killed you. Like, don't sit there and sulk about it. Like, figure out why he killed you and try to, you know, emulate that so you can be a better player. Okay. Okay. That actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what would you say your biggest your biggest lesson that you learned in college was? Um, 
don't be late. <laughs> that was a big one. We had uh, like, we, you know, college, they, they, it was strict. Like, you know, don't be late for class. Don't be late for anything. We, we like that year that we ended up going to the tournament before that, like guys would come late and stuff. Cause they were, they were four and, you know, like four wins, five wins. Like their the mindset kind of was like, all right, we suck. So they would come late for, you know, to never, never really to practice or anything, but they would show up late to class or something and be like, whatever it's class. And we used to have to get up at six in the morning and run this like ridiculous sprint gauntlet that would kill us and we did it like 20 times that off season because guys kept on coming in late and you started learning like do not be late and you're holding your teammates accountable so i think leadership uh you know be, be you can be a strong leader even if you're young and uh you know don't be late i remember those were like the two things that i took with me and i'm <laughs> like rarely late since I mean, obviously, there's extenuating circumstances. That's why I added the rarely. But like, <laughs> in, if I could be there, if like I'm gonna leave myself time, but you know, traffic and stuff like that, there's always something. But I like vowed to like not be late to things moving forward because I was like, that's that was the big thing in college. I'm like, I'm not running. Even I'm like an adult <laughs> going to my daughter's practice. I'm like, I'm not running. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so you obviously you play your four years at Mammoth. Um, you go to the tournament, so you leave on a high note. Um, what was your journey, your basketball journey at now? Was it possible NBA or was it just strictly overseas from the jump? It was, it was honestly like I had made a name for myself and I thought, you know, there's, there's chances. I was kind of, my agent was like, all right, you know, the G league is interested was the D league back then. He's like, they're Mm -hmm. interested. Uh, I didn't get in, into a camp that year. I didn't, you know, do the combine thing. I just went uh, after I graduated and my agent's like, do you want to play? He's like, cause the, they're, they're interested, but you have to kind of show some, some more stuff. So I went to an exposure camp and, you know, did really well in there. Ended up that exposure camp kind of jump started. I then got drafted in the D league, but I got drafted in the eighth round, I think seventh or eighth round. Mm-hmm. So like in the in the D League, like at that time you only had ten guys in the roster, and they already had like five that they were bringing back. So uh, they drafted like those first five picks, like those are our guys. But I think they had six coming back, so there was like four spots and all of these like you know eight rounds of draft picks. So I was like picked with like no chance of making it, and it was that same thing. Like I just went there and I was like, I'm just gonna you know grind it out and try to do my best. I'm gonna give everything I got and kept going kept going did well i think i was on the cusp and then we played maryland um you know it was like one of those weird g league uh and ncaa teams because we were like a like you know considered we weren't like the spurs or anything so we played the maryland at college park and i like dominated i like you know dunking on people played really well i remember the crowd was talking all kinds of stuff to me and i did like almost pissed me off so i was like all right i got this so i remember going there and after that maryland game i'm like wow like paying down debt can be stressful especially when you need to keep track of multiple monthly payment dates if you're tired of juggling these due dates consolidating with a personal loan could be your answer that way, you'll just have one due date a month instead of many. And Credit Karma can help you find the best option for you. Credit Karma uses your credit data 
to find loan officers that are personalized to you so you can have a better idea of what loan amount you can get approved for. Credit Combo will even show you chances of approval, show you choice between loan officers, and you're likely to get approved, you're likely not to get approved, to apply with more confidence. Comparing loan officers on Credit Karma is 100% free, won't affect your credit scores, and could save you money. Again, that's creditkarma.com slash loan officers to find you the best loan for you. That's creditkarma.com slash loan officers. Credit Karma, apply with more confidence today. This is it. Like, I think I, I did it and then I made the team. <laughs> and by doing that, that propelled me, you know, to I, the first year, same thing, you know, playing not as not all the time, but, you know, playing every game, but like not getting a ton of minutes. So the mm-hmm. second year ended up going to Poland. Um, same kind of situation. Like I was in Poland and I was there for like a month and a half or so, two months, maybe. Mm-hmm. And it was me mm-hmm. and this guy, Albert Mooring, Mooring, who went to Georgetown and we were doing well. And like, mm-hmm. you know, everything was good. And they like came in the one day they're like, yeah, we, uh, we have to let you go. And we were like, what? like why <laughs> and they they like the guy like walked out i was like okay so they gave us some money we were like behind on getting paid so he gave us a few like some money not nearly what they owed us and then i kind of talked to my agent and he's like i think they ran out of money i was like awesome <laughs> so yeah i was yeah. like so that was my first experience overseas so i went back to the d league after that because i was like screw this and then i went back to where i'm familiar and i had a great second year and then that's kind of like where you know, things started taking off because my success in the D league. So everything just like starts with me just, you know, barely getting, making it. And then, you know, just keep grinding it out. Mm, I mean, I mean, I, funny, funny story. I had the same similar thing that happened to me in Poland. You know, my, my first year <laughs> I, I came back from Bogota, Colombia, signed, uh-huh. you know, I was over there for the summer uh signed a deal to go to Poland. I was there for like three weeks and they didn't pay me or the other American. And they just released me. They said, we'll give you a ticket back home. We was like, yeah, you'll give us a ticket back home. What about some money? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, Poland was an interesting place. Uh-huh. There's just some of those places in, in over there. Like someone was telling me like these days it's Germany and Germany, France, and Spain are pretty much sure things. Like if uh, Australia too, like if you oh, go yeah, there, yeah. like they're gonna pay you. Like there's no issue. But like Europe wise, they're like Germany, France, Spain. Like you go there, you're gonna get paid. Everywhere mm-hmm. else is kind of like fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, let's well, hope so. No, no, Holland is cool because they they don't have a lot of money. You know, yeah, so like <laughs> they can afford to pay a guy thirty five hundred dollars or four thousand dollars because they don't have a lot of money. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that's that's easy, you know. So, but like, if a guy make ten thousand dollars, like, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. So, you finished. Uh, you go back. You leave Poland. Go back to the to the D League. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens after that? So I go to the D League. It's my second year. Have a great great showing. Kind of like have a workout. You know, 
in in the door with like the Bobcats that were the Hornets at the time, you know, really had a, a good showing. Mm-hmm. Um, end up going through that whole gauntlet, don't end up making the team. And I'm like, it was kind of like that that same thing. I was like, should I try this again? So I went, I was like, I'm so close. Like I'm so close to the NBA. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. So I went back to the D League for the third year. <laughs> And when I, it was like crazy. Cause I was like, you know, I went to Poland. I was like, you know, I'm so close. Like I can feel it. So I went back there. Um, like that's kind of what my agent advised. He's like, they want you back, you know, where, where they're close, they're affiliated with you. They can pull you up at any time. I was like, awesome. Mm-hmm. So we're, if there's three teams affiliated with us, who were the Roanoke Dazzle was the Sixers, the Bobcats and the Wizards. Obviously that year, uh, Andre Blotch, who ah, was like their, yeah, their, yeah, he was yeah. The, their big big ticket guy. Yep, yeah, I remember. Got car, he got carjacked and shot. So oh, wow. he's he's like recovering. So they're like, all right, he's not ready. He's been out for like a year. So they sent him down. So I'm like, okay, he kind of plays my position. They also send this rookie PJ Ramos down. So they they sent two guys down that last year who played my position and like my minutes were kind of like whoa. So. I kind of, I was like, all right, there was an opportunity to, to leave. Um, and it was crazy. There was an opportunity to leave and go. I think it was in Sweden. There's a team who's like, listen, Sweden's going to pay you a good, a real good amount of money. Just like, let's go. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right. So I kind of like almost agreed in principle. And um, I, we went to this like exposure thing. Like it was like the D league exposure day, like scout day where all the scouts of the NBA watched, we're all in one place and we all played in front of them. And I like killed it. So my agent was like, hold up. He's like, <laughs> like he's like, you're going to be getting a call up. Like you're really close. And it was like the same set, set of circumstances. Like some guy got hurt who was a guard and they they picked up a guard instead and i was like so it was like every little bit bad piece of luck so after that i was like whatever i finished out the season and then the following year was when i i was like i'm i told him i was like find something overseas i was like i'm not going back to the league. so he ended up calling me in july and was like hey there's a team in australia the cans taipans who i want you to come over i'm like yep I was like, sounds good. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I mean, like I said, that's that's really funny. And like that D-League story was one of those <clears throat> familiar uh, situations where like my boy played in the D-League the year before me and he had told me okay. about it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, man, I was in, you know, New Mexico in a two bedroom apartment with five uh-huh. of us making 2,500, you know what I'm saying? Because obviously D-League guys wasn't making that money at the time. No, no. And so like, I was like, oh God, it was five of y'all in a two bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. you know, and two to a room. I'm like, that's worse than college. It's terrible. And there, you really weren't making anything. Like that was the crazy thing. Cause I feel like that was the, like you're, you made some money, like the league kind of, it's like, but you didn't make like any money in the D league. So I was sitting there in the D league, like making nothing. So I was going home being like this close to having an NBA contract. And like, I, my friends are like bias drinks. I'm like, with what? Like I'm living in my mom's base, like attic. Like I don't have any money. I don't have any place to go. I remember just being like, this is crazy. And that's when I called my agent. I was like, find something that pays. Like, I'm not doing this again. And that's when Australia 
King no, Locking and that. That makes sense, yeah. man. Because like, yeah, like everybody, you know, everybody traces the dream, and I respect that. You know, what I'm saying, yep. if, you, if you get a chance, an opportunity to do it. But I was like, when when I thought about because I was going to enter my name in the, in the D League draft. Uh-huh. whatever you know and i was like uh, <laughs> no and then poland gave me an offer polling like we'll offer you eight thousand dollars eight thousand dollars you know my first contract i'm like yep you know what i'm saying I, then after that it was just overseas 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 oh uh, yeah yeah that's so it's okay so you, you finally go to australia how long do you play in australia for so I'm in Australia for a year and I loved it. Like loved every second. I was like, I'm going to continue playing here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you're making good money. You know, it's like, it was like nine, I think a month <coughs> in Australia. I was living in paradise. Like Cairns was like paradise. Like you're on the great barrier reef. You're on the beach. Uh, you're like, you could go for a day at the beach. Although the beach is like different. Like I, you're in California, like I go to the Jersey Shore and like, you know, you go in the, the water, it's like dirty, but you know, there's nothing really that's going to get you. Like Australia, there was like a section you can swim that's like 10 by 10. And then if you walked out of there, there's like 30 things that's going to kill you. So you're like, I'm staying here. Like splashing water up on you. <laughs> so I was like, it was really cool though. Like we went out in the Great Bar. It was like incredible. It was paradise. I loved every second. So Killed it there, did really well, was in, uh, you know, made the NBL All-Star game, uh, really had a good year. Um, there's a guy, Nathan Jawai, who ended up playing with the Timberwolves. He was mm. coming up. He was a young guy. So he was their, like, development player, and he was like a like baby Shaq. He was like 7'1", like a huge guy. Oh, and, yeah, I think I remember yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. super, super athletic. Yeah, super athletic, like yeah. really athletic, but like big, like looked like Shaq. So yeah, he, I remember he, him. I remember him. Uh-huh. He yeah. was coming up for like in our in our youth system for Cans. So Cans was like, uh, we're not going to resign you because we have him coming. Uh, but they're like, there's, you know, there's like countless offers coming in from Australia. So there's like four other teams that wanted me. And I was like trying to figure out which where I wanted to go. I was like, okay, I could go to you know the Breakers in New Zealand. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, hit a, there was like a Townsville, um, and I think there was like the South Dragons. I was like, man, I could you know, there's some places I can go uh, here. But I was like pissed about Cairns, and I was like, Townsville's close. Maybe they'll do that. So I kind of was like went home and like was thinking about you know the different things. And there was a camp for South for like South Korea. And they pay twenty five thousand a month. So I was like, all right, I'll go out there. Went out to Vegas. <laughs> ended up, you know, ended up doing well in the camp. Same thing. Go to, you know, end up in South Korea. And I was like, all right. So I canceled all the contracts. I was like, I'm going to South Korea. So I went to South Korea, and that's where I like destroyed my knee. And mm. that's a crazy story because I'm like, I'm there, and they like refuse to admit that I like hurt my knee. Like I. I couldn't even walk and they're like, sorry, you know, you know, you have to play. I was like, I can't play. Like I can't walk. So the trainers were like messing with the wrong knee. They're like, see, it's fine. I'm like, that's the wrong knee. <laughs> like there was, there was some <laughs> shady stuff. Okay. So in my contract, it said, if I'm hurt, you know, if I'm like hurt, you know, you got to pay me out. So they knew that. So they were like, nope, we're not paying, you know, we're not going to pay out because that's a lot of money. And so they're like, you have to play. So I was like, uh, I'll do my best. So I honestly had uh, like 
tore up my knee and I played with like this weird knee brace and I played like a few games with it. And I was, you know, it's terrible. Like I was really good in the beginning. And then I was like terrible. Like I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I'm like hobbling around the court. And I was like, you know, there's just nothing I could do. So we end up losing. They bring me in after the game and they're like, listen, we're releasing you. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm like, you're going to have to pay me my money. Like, I get to leave and get my knee taken care of and get paid. And they're like, no, we're not paying you. I was like, all right. So I had to negotiate and figure out. And then the, finally, the, the, he's like, all right. Like, I'm talking to the translator. Everything's sort of translated. So I'm talking to him. I'm like, all right. Uh, you know, so he's like, go home. I said, I was like, I'm not leaving until you figure out my knee situation. He's like, okay. So finally they're like, go home. They made me sign this piece of paper. They're like, go home, get your knee looked at. And I wrote on the piece of paper, like I need, you know, this is the agreement and blah, blah, blah. They're like, go home. I went home, got an MRI. They're like, your knee's fucked. <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm cursing. <laughs> no, no, like, it's no problem. It's, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> so your knee's screwed up. Like you need to get this fixed. So I got it, you know, had to rehab, do all this stuff with it for a while. I was out for like four months, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. kind of came back. And like after that, I wrote them and I was like, all right, uh, this is what it is. This is the injury. They're like, who? Like, do we know you? And like never saw any of that money. And wow. we tried to we tried to fight it in Korean court. But like the guy in the guy who represented him, he's like, just so you know, like, they're not going to side with you. He's like, it's a really corrupt system. So you, there's nothing you can do. Like you're legitimately like they're, they're, they have people all over. I was like, this is ridiculous. So I never knew that existed. And I should have, cause there was a dude, uh, Corey Underwood played with the bulls for a while. He was there in the, the meeting when we all first got over there, all the Americans got over there and they brought us into a meeting. Corey was like, yo, I hurt my knee and no one's fixing it. And he like, they were trying to talk to all of us and he like refused to let them talk. He's like, I hurt my knee. Someone needs to do anything. So they pulled him aside and I guess straightened it out. That's what I probably needed to do. Like I needed to make a scene and I didn't because I was like, that's not my personality. So I just was kind of like, all right, you guys will fix it. I trust you. Not, not the case. <laughs> that's so, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I said, how was South Korea like the place The you know, it's, I, I was just talking about this the other day. I was like, there's so many places that we played at. And I remember all these different places. I remember going here. I remember touring South Korea. I didn't have a car and we were on a co compound. So like to get into the compound, it was like a barbed wire fence. Like, a, or like, and then the other one was like, a you know, one of these. <laughs> so we couldn't really leave. Like they didn't let us leave. They didn't let us. There was like a military base close by. I didn't saw like very little of South Korea. Like I saw the arena. And like they gave us gave us an apartment, but we were only there from like they would drop us off after the second practice, which was like seven o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. And then they would pick us up at like eight in the morning. So I was there pretty much to sleep. So I saw like very, very little of South Korea. I wish I saw more because I heard it's beautiful. Right. I just didn't see it all because we were just in this little tiny town and just back and forth. So that's <laughs> like that sucked. And it's funny because I know other guys who play in South Korea and they loved it. But the team that I was on was, like, notorious for this. Mobus Fetus. Like, they were notorious. Like, they didn't let players go. They didn't let players out. And other teams were like, cool, you know, live your life. So I was like, shit, just the wrong team. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I get it. I get it. So 
uh, after Korea, you know, so how long was your overseas, you know, because I'm trying to get to the part of Estonia. Oh, yeah. So we so it's like I was recovering from my knee. I then went to New Zealand and played in like the league in New Zealand for a few months. Um, it was just like the off season for the NBL. So I played in the New, uh, New Zealand basketball league for a few months. Mm -hmm. Love that. Played with like guys, you know, a guy who I played against in the in the uh, American Nick Horvath. Uh, ended up playing with him. We had a great time. Like it was, it was just a great experience. I love New mm -hmm. Zealand. I had a great time. Uh, kind of the same thing. Like the, I, I didn't rehab enough. I was so anxious to go back that I was like, I'm, I'm good because I, after I got hurt from Korea, like there was like ten offers on the table from Australia. Like come back, and I'm like, I can't, like. I told my doctor, he's like, you are not going anywhere. So I was like, he's like, you have to do this. You're going to need this. You have to rehab. So I was like, all right. So I did that, went back to New Zealand and I went back too soon. My knee was like not healed. Mm -hmm. I kept mm -hmm. on messing it up. Um, then, then after that, like I was out for like a, you know, like kind of like that long yeah. year, probably yeah, like yeah. a year-ish trying to, you know, recover. Finally got it like back, but it, I had done so much damage to it. So I went to Kosovo. And I was there for a while. We won a championship. That was fun. I was, but it was like the same thing. I was almost working myself back into shape. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It was, exactly it was like, I had been out for a year. So I was like, man, I'm like, I'm rusty. I like, don't really know. So I was like kind of working myself back in shape. I felt pretty good uh, towards the end of the season. Then we win the championship. The season ends and uh, it's like kind of the same thing. And like, you could tell I wasn't the same. So I was like, kept kept kind of like hobbling along so it's like i was out trying to like rehab and do it again for a while and then it was around christmas like that holiday break that i got a call um and they're like are you like my agent's like how's you know i know your knee is not great he's like how are you he's like do you want to go to estonia and at this time i'd been writing so he's like do you want to go to estonia i was like hell yeah like that looks awesome like i love snow like i wanted to like this is cool <laughs> like i, I want i always want to kind of go to that area so i headed up uh and went to went to kyle cremo and that was like it was a surreal experience like that mm -hmm. was crazy like we flew into finland i get off the plane you know looking around there's like moose in the airport i'm like cool <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> And then we fly over like the, the, whatever the, the Gulf of Finland or whatever, the separation and we fly over and it's like frozen solid. I'm like, Holy shit. Like, this is crazy. Like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, not, it, it gets, yeah. it gets real cold. It gets real uh -huh. cold. So. Yeah. 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 No, I would, I would definitely, I remember, uh, my, my son's mother came and, uh, she flew to, uh, Estonia when it was like during the winter time like December <laughs> and it was like negative 10. Uh, she was like, oh my God. You know, like, you know, being from California, you know, you see the sun, like, you know, uh -huh. people can't see it right now, but I'm, you know, I'm in the sun right now, you know? And uh, yeah, like, like Estonia, it was like negative 10 and I would come yeah. with like a face mask and all that. And my mm -hmm. teammates would be like, dude, it's not that cold. I'm like, dude, I'm from California. Negative five <laughs> is cold, you know? Oh yeah, no. Uh, Estonia was great place, great place. Oh, I loved it, and I, it's like the crazy thing because you know we we would go to practice and then you go out like or like go all out of practice, so you're you're sweating, you're drenched, and then it's like you know you're not showering there, you're going back to the to the like apartment to shower. So I would be like, 
like layers after like, yeah, I pick yeah, those yeah, up, dry yeah, myself yeah. off and then like start layering up and getting back in and I'm like my clothes are like I'm sweating here but then like the fourth layer is like ice on it you're like this is a weird thing that's going on right now with my body <laughs> yeah like, I don't really yeah. understand like, my clothes yeah. are so confused right now <laughs> no that's why I had to take a shower there because I would be all drenched with sweat and yep. so, like, you know, I would just hurry up and get a shower. Okay. Because the shower would be, like, warm. It wouldn't be cold yeah. or hot, but it would be warm. Yeah. And so then I would, then I would like, okay, wrap some towels around me, then start <laughs> layering up my one pair of sweats, then another pair of sweats, then socks, and then shoes, you know, <laughs> jacket, then their jacket. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. The team yeah. jacket. And I remember, like, getting into the car. That was the crazy thing is, like, you, I would go in – and sit in the car and like my head was everything was still sweaty so like my the heat was still pumping out of my body so the car gets all fogged up and yeah I'm like, yeah so yeah. i'm like trying to wipe it and going and it's freezing outside and the, the every little science that's going on all over the place and then i get back to the house and i'd you know it would be you know like six o'clock seven o'clock at night i'd go back in eat dinner and stuff and i, I would come out the next morning there's always snow like yeah. every day it's snow. <laughs> Yeah. So I'd yeah, wipe the snow yeah. off and then I'd get in and the the condensation from me sweating was like frozen inside the car. So I was like, damn. So I remember like having to go and like chip the ice away from the inside of the car. I'm like, this is wild. I was like, this is something, <laughs> this is unprecedented right now. No, no. Like, this definitely. doesn't happen. <laughs> definitely. Did you did y'all win a championship that year? No, we lost in the final, I think. Yeah, the Tartu, right? Yeah. Tartu Rock. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. There's always only one or the other that, that wins. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, always yeah. gonna. So yeah, we ended up losing, uh, losing to the to them. Uh, we had a guy Sharon Fisher, and then um, Josh Akinong, who ended up playing like in the in the NBA for a while. You there? There's like a nice little team. We just like it was. We just our coach was good, but you know, like I felt like we were just not a team. Like we were just kind of everyone the americans were kind of like trying to get themselves to their next job and it wasn't like that team where you can just kind of kind of take over and like and you know rock had that team like they were they all their guys were like boom 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 pass and go and they just getting open shots i remember like we were going like three on three on five like all the time i'm like we need to do a better job (laughs) (laughs) right so like like we discussed earlier estonia is your last last job right yep then that was based your your 10-year career yeah okay so what was your next journey after you finished so that was the wild part is like i always think like that now what like you think as an athlete that there's going to be a billion people Mm -hmm. like knocking down your door for jobs that you can do whatever you want and I remember I got done and the first thing I wanted to do was be, I was like, I'm going to go back to chiropractic school. And then I was like, it's like a two year, three year degree, but I'm going to do that. So I remember looking and like, I don't know why I like, that's what I had in my head, but I, I bought a house in South Jersey. I was like, am I really Mm going to move to Atlanta right now? Like uproot us again and move to Atlanta. So I was kind of like, all right, you know what? there's nothing really close. I was like, let me just put that on hold. I got into teaching because I went to coach and started teaching. And then, you know, that's when you kind of realize like there's, when you're done, like no one's really looking out for you. Your agents kind of like, see ya. 
like it was, it was great to meet you like this is awesome <laughs> like now i have all, all to the clients. next thing yeah exactly. yeah 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 so i had i so like the really that's when my writing career kind of took off because uh i'd written for slam and stuff like that and i started writing then about like what life is like as a transitioning into like life outside of basketball so i started writing blogs about that and that was fun and did that for a while uh you know started telling my stories i like got picked up by you know we had like one article that got picked up by like everyone espn it was on like the front page of espn and that's when i was like all right i think i can do something with this and i remember talking to my brother and he's like listen he's like you have these stories he's like your career was like that that crazy thing where like you were a lightning rod like everything crazy that could happen overseas not being paid getting released without being paid getting injured overseas winning a championship like all of these things happen to you and that doesn't really happen all that it's like everything happened so he's like you need to write these down so i started you know jotting some stuff down and like piece by piece i just kind of put it all together and uh like i was saying like i got to the point where i was like okay i think i have like four chapters and now i'm like all right let me see if i can add a little more so i added a little more and then it was like eight chapters and i was like all right i have something like let's push this through and i used to uh there's a guy paul shirley uh he kind of wrote a book same kind of premise like played overseas and stuff he had written a book so i would like followed him on you know social media and i remember he put something out he's like uh, start doing speed rounds. He's like, start doing these like speed rounds where take 50 minutes and block it out. Like, do not let anyone in, like take that 50 minutes and block it out. So I would do that. And I started like using those 50 minutes and like banging out like a ton of writing. And I would just start going. And I just started setting those up like two a day, sometimes one a day. And by the end of it, all of a sudden I had like 14 chapters and I had started organizing it, getting an editor involved. And soon enough, like you have the book and it's like mm -hmm. crazy that when you look back and you're like, all these stories are like so weird and wild. But like you were saying, like we live a life that is so unique mm -hmm. or lived. I mean, we lived a life that was so unique. There was so many odd things it was so difficult it was so hard but it was so freaking awesome it was just <laughs> it is the gauntlet of emotions being a pro basketball player especially overseas you are sad you're happy your 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 ego's on fire you mm -hmm. know you're walking around a club and everyone's like chasing you and you know you can like legitimately be like you come with me like you live this crazy <laughs> life and then there's like the crazy lows and i'm like man this is a wild experience and you know the nba i think you, they're it's so well known and you have this life but like the lows aren't that low in the nba like overseas the lows are low like you're getting buried sometimes and you're getting cut and you have to deal with that like on on the regular and i think that's just what makes us like stronger human beings and that's why i always say like if you're hiring someone like an overseas athlete i take an overseas athlete before an nba guy anytime if i'm looking for like if i'm my business i'm trying to bring people in and be like i want to hire this person i'm hiring an overseas person before i hire the nba because i just look at that and be like they persevered so much more yeah. they can, yeah. can handle so much more and that's, I believe in that. I think it's just, you know, we're a different breed. 
No, no, I, 100%, 100%. <laughs> I agree with you. Like I said, like, I, my story is kind of similar to yours in the same fact that, you know, I got hurt, had surgery, you know, uh, had multiple surgeries you uh -huh. know, in Europe. Um, you know, I had to pay for my surgery because the team wouldn't want to pay me. They didn't want mm -hmm. to pay for my surgery unless I played in the finals and yeah. like take cortisone shots or whatever in my leg. And I'm just like, I'm not doing that. You know, they was like, well, we're not gonna pay for your surgery. So I had to pay for my own surgery, you know, like $30,000 or whatever it was, you know, myself at the time. And like, just like, just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Well, um, it's it's yeah. crazy. I, it's I feel a, like the, the villain of Varsity Blues, like having the villain of Varsity Blues where like the coach is injecting his knee is like just like the normal overseas that's, trainer. That's, I mean, look, that's like, that's just normal. Like I've had yeah. so many teammates, you know, like I used to watch my teammates, you know, inject his knee or drain his knee. I'm like, you ain't supposed to drain your knee before a game. You know what I'm saying? They would, you know, his knee be like a golf ball and like they would drain it and then he would, you know, like All whatever, inject it and all right, let's go. You know, and it's like, did you just drain that fluid out of your knee? You know, so like, so yeah, you know, it was just insane, you know, like winning championships, losing in the first round, going to championships, all that. So it's a wonderful, like you said, crazy life. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, after you knew that you was hanging up and you already had a next uh, thing, you know what I'm saying, as far as uh, the next chapter, which is which is big. You know, a lot of us don't have, a lot of us don't have that, you know. It's, it's tough. I mean, that's like, so when I started overseas famous, when I wrote the book and then I started our company, mm -hmm. um, that was because that's what I do now. Like now our, my whole entire life is devoted to trying to find, you know, build a network and find things for these athletes, uh, once they, once they retire. So, you know, mm -hmm. overseas famous, we're, we're like sports consulting and we're trying to bring these guys home and be like, all right, we, let's build your network. Let's build your brand. Let's do all these things so you can be more successful. Uh, cause I know it's like you said, it's tough. Like when you walk away from this sport, I mean, there's nothing really, no one's knocking down your door. You mm -hmm. don't have the, you don't have that big name because you've been gone for so long. Like you've mm -hmm, disappeared mm -hmm. off of everyone's radar yep. and now you kind of have to relaunch yourself. Mm -hmm, uh, and it's mm -hmm. crazy and it's hard to do. And it's difficult if there's no one helping you. So I always, you know, that's what we've been trying, you know, building is like this network of, of, you know, business owners and things like that. So uh, we were just talking, I was just talking to a girl in Milwaukee, who's one of our clients and she's, you know, she comes home and I was like, let's, you know, I have this Facebook group that I've created, that I've joined with all these business leaders in all these different cities and like Milwaukee. I'm like, let's hit this up here. There's a, there's a business meeting. You have to, you know, go to this, go to this meet and greet and stuff. She goes, she gets a job like right away. I'm like, damn, this is crazy. Like how, you know, it's awesome and it works because people want to hear the stories. Like you walk into a room, our height, you know, our, uh, like our charm, like we have these stories. People want to know what we're doing and people want to talk to us. So when we come into a room, we are immediately the focal point. So having that person be like, run to you and be like, listen, this is cool. Now you have something to offer them. And they're like, yeah, like, let's, let's go. Like you, you've done crazy things <laughs> and you want to get into this field. Let's do it. So I think, you know, 
being an overseas athlete, there's definitely something there. There's something, a, a draw that we have that's unique to human beings, I think. <laughs> no, agreed, agreed, agreed. What would be your best advice uh, for the next generation of, you know, Kevin Owens? I think the there's there's it's never too late i think is a is a big one um i always say it's tough because this world we live in right now like if you're not a star by the time you're a junior in high school or you're a senior you know like a sophomore in high school it's like your your ship is sailed and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's it's wild to think that that's the case when there's so much more to give i also think do like don't focus i always and i don't I'm, i could be completely wrong with this this is just a philosophy like i always said don't focus on one thing too early and my daughter right now she loves basketball but she's like and she likes soccer but like we'll go to we'll go to soccer practice and she's annoyed <laughs> we go to basketball we do anything basketball she's like let's go she got has her ball she has her shoes on she's ready to go i'm like Liv, you have soccer practice tonight and she's like oh because she doesn't love soccer, but I'm like, I don't really care. Like this, you're not just playing basketball all the time, like play something else because you're going to get burned down on it. And I don't want right. her to burn out on it. And like, you see, especially females, I mean, you know, Ella Deladon, like Elena Deladon, like these, the, when it's so pushed into, to being this mm -hmm. success, mm -hmm. they just forget, you know, where, wh wh why it was fun in the first place. So I think my advice would just be, you know, enjoy your high school years play different things but you know grind your ass off and you know keep working and good things will come don't just stop because you're not playing at a certain time don't transfer when things get difficult just stick it out and be like listen i can i can do this you got this mm -hmm. accept and embrace that challenge that's okay. a, always a good good thing no definitely what would you say obviously of your experience what would you say the best thing it was about you being overseas uh honestly i'm i hated traveling i hated yeah. flying <laughs> that was like it was crazy like i never loved traveling and flying and i love it now and right. i think that was something you know you're not just going i remember in the d league i hated traveling because we're on the bus and even yeah, we yeah, flew, yeah. we're like we're like we're like staying at holiday inns and you know, even if you're staying in a nice city it's like it's still america being able to leave and see all that this world has and travel and be on all of these different continents and all these different cities and all these different cultures and embracing and experiencing those cultures, it like gives you a different mindset than, than people who've never left. Like we're living in a crazy time now and people, a lot of people who are angry and yelling and, and like, you know, talking about this and talking about like that and yelling about politics and stuff like that. Half of them haven't, like 90% of them never left the country. And how right. can you know anything about anything until you've seen all of the beautiful things that are out there and seeing all the crazy things and seeing these cultures and seeing, you know, everything. And I embrace that. I love being cultured now. I love being able to know what, it, what like uh, croissant tastes like in france i love those things because it gives you a different perspective than it tastes someone pretty good by the way yeah. they do taste real good <laughs> <laughs> a little chocolate in there it's yeah good. yeah they taste, taste pretty good by the way <laughs> <laughs> you know i agree with you on that um 
Estonia. What was the thing in Estonia? The biggest thing in Holland I remember is uh, uh, fries and mayonnaise. Yes, I that remember was the fries and yeah, fries and that mayonnaise. Was like, that was... I remember like in Kosovo is like Burek or Burek or I don't even really know how to pronounce it. Uh, but it's like this pastry with like meat inside. Like there was like sausage. There was oh, like other yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like that you could cut it up. I love that. It was like flaky and stuff. That was my that was my go to. Um, Australia just had like a lot of a lot of seafood. I remember I liked that a lot. Oh, because yeah, you were uh, by the ocean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Estonia. Yeah. I remember just I remember going to the grocery store and just I would get like pre done meals because I was by myself. I'm just of course rolling of course, in there. Of so I'm just going and getting like the the chicken or whatever. It tastes a little different, but like a big thing of chicken and like sides and stuff. It was and just going to the grocery store and getting that and bringing it home. Like I remember <laughs> doing that all the time. It was like uh, I, my daily. I would hit that grocery store like right outside of right outside of town. It was like right here, and then I would just shoot, shoot straight back. Oh the yeah, the big yeah. No, no, I got you. It was the big one. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> yep. I remember. No, I, like, I I would just get the fish and chicken, uh, fish and rice. Uh -huh. Like they had like the bag boiled in the bag rice. Yes. And the yes. and the in the, the, the fish, and I just all I got just put that in the skillet, put that in the thing. <laughs> that was it. I just remember they had like a TGIF Fridays. Uh huh. Like something like Americanized food. And that yes. we ate there like literally all the time, you know. Yeah, like, right, that's where I brought everybody. The team would come, like we would just eat uh -huh. there, you know. I loved it. No, and no, I, I loved, loved it. Like Talon was was so unique too, with like, the <clears throat> walls all around. I loved like the because you had the. It was very. It was like you had this the Scandinavian feel because it was right by Finland. You had that like Russian feel because the cold, like just like the people. And then you had that European feel because you had that wall, you had the castle, you, like you had that old fashioned, that big square. <clears throat> I remember I, and I would just sit out there. Like, there. There was days when I was like, would sit out there and I would just like chill and just people watch for just, just hours. Cause I was like, what am I going to do in my apartment? I was like, I would get done practice. I would go get something to eat at like one of those places. And I would just sit there and just watch people for like an hour. And I'd be like, this is awesome. This no, is no, unique. definitely, man. Like, no, <laughs> I, yeah. Stunning was cool. It's cool. And like I yeah. said, it, Everybody drunk vodka, you know, like it was oh, juice. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, everybody vodka and Red Bull, which is hilarious. Yes. Vodka smooth, Red Bulls amp you up, and you're drinking that all <laughs> night, and you're kind of like, you know, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. It keep it going. This is like a, a roller coaster <laughs> of love. <laughs> no, I agree. But man, Kevin, man, I want to say thank you so much, man, for coming on the show, brother, man. I really appreciate it. I think your your story, your journey is something that people needs to hear, especially athletes who have been through it and need like that transition to see like, look, I did overseas, I did the G League, and I'm good. You know, like we really, really, really need to hear stuff like like your story, man. It's greatly appreciated. Trust me, it's it's super greatly appreciated. I appreciate it because I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, reading your like your Wikipedia or whatever. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. All right, all right. You know what I'm saying? So it was, I got it was uh, like real quick. Like my, it was a funny story. Like my friends, all my friends from home. Like they just, there's no, they they never cared that I was a professional basketball player. Like if they, if I was hanging out with them, they're like you were just. They would make fun of everyone, so they didn't care. Like they they humil, you know, put my humility in check real quick. And I got a, I guess the Wikipedia when I was in Australia, someone created a Wikipedia page for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And I remember that's when, like, 
I didn't even know what Wikipedia was. My friend was like, you have a Wikipedia page. I was like, I don't even know what that is. And back then you could like edit it real quick. And all my friends one day just went in and completely like made this huge Wikipedia page, like edited everything. And it was just all these weird stories from when I was a kid <laughs> and like high school, like <laughs> they made stuff up. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I like, remember that we, we laughed forever, but I, that was like my little Wikipedia page. But yeah, I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate this, this, this forum. Um, we're athletes and, you know, we can kind of share these stories. I appreciate what to do with the book club. Your book is on its way, but uh, it's, it is fun. Like I feel like having, we, we're, there's, there's this community of overseas athletes uh, <laughs> and we've all experienced the same thing. It's like an instant mm -hmm. bonding thing. Like, yes. You can go yeah. and just all of a sudden meet someone and you'll be like, Oh, you played overseas and you can hang out with the rest of the night. Yeah. And like, boom, boom. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I, I, I had that same thing happen to me. So yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, yeah. when you look at it, it's, I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. No, no problem. No problem. Like I said, I appreciate it. Last question for you. Um, yes. Pretty much at one point of everybody's career, you know, mm -hmm. we all go through our ups and downs. We could be mm -hmm. overseas. We could be in the States. Uh, at your lowest point, how did you get out? Did you get out by yourself or did you get it with, get out with help? How did you get out of your lowest point? That's a great question because I was in Kosovo and my knee was like all messed up. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really do anything. I was like, is this it? Like, am I, am I done? I was like, mm -hmm. it was, I was in Kosovo, which was dark. I didn't really know anyone. Uh, I was alone. My apartment was small. The power used to go out all the time. If you didn't shower before 9 a.m. or 10, 10 or 9 p.m. or 10 p.m., they shut the water off throughout the whole entire city of Pristina. We were in the capital city. I remember oh, wow. being like, where where am I? And I remember, like, I honestly, I was like, started drinking a lot because mm -hmm. there was nothing else. And I was like, come home and be like, you just had this like depression, like this, this depression. So I was like, I didn't, I, you almost like wanted to get it out of your mind. So I would just like go and have like two beers. And then I just was like, there's times, there was a time when I just like, was like drinking all night. And I remember kind of, it, it, it was hard. Like I was like, this sucks. Like, this is a terrible situation. I remember looking at myself and being like, what the, like, what are you doing? Like this, you have a job to do. You're getting paid to do a job and you're sitting here like, it's it's the morning and you've been drinking all night and uh we didn't have a game or like anything i think we had a day off the next day but i remember just like going to sleep and kind of being like let's like let's get this together like we're not doing this another night so i started reading more i started doing you know watching i would go out and like watch soccer not even a bar like at a restaurant and just go and just try to get out of the house so once i started doing that that's when my traveling embraced and i just pulled myself out of it because I was just I was I knew where it was going to lead and it would probably be the end of my career and I was like you know what let's 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 pick this up and I remember just trying to get out of the house as much as possible trying to hang out with people I used to walk around like just go and explore because I just didn't want to be by myself which is I think in Estonia it was the same thing I was like let's just get out of the house like I'm not sitting here and doing nothing all day yeah. and I think once I just start getting into that funk, that's when the depression started. But I was yeah. at that point, I felt like I pulled myself out and I knew kind of how to handle it. I just knew how to handle being alone mm -hmm. uh, 
and that was a that was a tough thing but i yeah i definitely pulled myself out it was tough no no that's a good thing man i tell you Stony was like cool but like i said they had those days would be like a blizzard outside <laughs> and i would look outside and be like it was weird i remember one time in particular it was uh like blizzard like it was negative outside super cold it was like uh saturday night i didn't go out you know because i'm like mm-hmm. i'm not driving in this blizzard to the club <laughs> and i was like man you know like i thought to myself what am i doing here dude like yeah and at that time i was you know happy whatever the case is making all the money but miserable at the same time you know like <laughs> lonely like just bugging out and just like yeah so i i understand what you're yep. talking about i understand it's, what you're going through you know it's rough yeah no definitely it's rough definitely. and you gotta and i feel like i still have that not ptsd but i'm maybe it's made me stronger but i what you know now when you're you know home and your family's all around and all the kids are running around and stuff and i feel like there's this part of me that sometimes i'm just like i need a second like i need to be alone because you've got used to yeah surviving and being alone and you mm. you you realize that you can be with yourself and enjoy yourself's company and i learned that and then you know now you have a family around all the time and i'm now everyone's like dad 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 kevin kevin and i'm just like oh my gosh like give me a second like bring me back to estonia for you know two days like i just need to get away <laughs> no i hear you on that i definitely hear you on that but like i said kevin man i appreciate you man please please let the world know how to find you where your book is please let everybody know of course so the book is called overseas famous you can find it on amazon barnes and noble uh and you know, as far as me, I you I'm on social media. I'm like not good at social media yet. Uh, I posted a TikTok just because someone like my my media person was like, you need to post a TikTok. So I made up a TikTok, and all these people are like writing me, and they're like, oh, you should post another one. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> like TikTok, it's overseas famous. Uh, my you can find me on Instagram at overseas famous. My personal account on instagram is knockout 2515 uh i also get confused with the wrestler a lot so uh you know <laughs> there's a lot of weird angry messages that i get in my dms like you fat piece of sh-. and i'm like whoa i was like are you talking about me <laughs> i'm like oh like you can't beat seth rollins i was like oh i see where you're going okay, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay yeah 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 i got you i got you respect <laughs> well like i said kevin i appreciate you uh, you can live, like I said, going back to the beginning, you can find me at Travis W. Reed, that's R-E-E-D on Instagram, Travis W. Reed, on Facebook as well, Travis W. Reed. I post all my social media content and all that stuff on those those two pages. I also have a TikTok, uh, <laughs> you know, but I just, you know, like, it's, which is Travis, I want to say Travis Reed, but I think it's Travis W. You have to double check it. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I don't, all I post is just everything I post on, uh, you know, my other platform. So, and maybe you might get one other thing for TikTok, but pretty much the same thing. Um, if you, if you're interested, like I said, like I'll probably put his book on, on my book club too, where I, once I read it, you know, it's all going to be on the list. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Travis Reed. Uh, you know, like I said, if you want to find my book club, it's Travis Reed's, uh, book club, uh, on, on LinkedIn as well. 
Um, yeah, like I said, this 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 episode will be on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube as well. So uh, be be on the lookout for all those uh, platforms and the Believe Network, and it'll also be on that too. So, like I said, thank y'all for listening. See y'all next week. Peace. is the fastest, easiest way to wage all of your favorite sports contests and events with the first to market eyes and lines. Find reviews and news in every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and features. Head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device and join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% discount. Welcome bonus to your first or your first deposit. BetOnline, when the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.